0: Are you in a state of recovery? Do you want more clarity and direction? Have you built your foundation and wonder what lies beyond recovery? Do you wanna discover what you are truly capable of? And are you ready to discover your purpose, learn to overcome your limiting beliefs and change your mindset? Are you ready to discover the key to living a purpose-driven life? When we recover, we are returning to a normal state of health, mind and strength. We begin the process of regaining control over something that was lost, but our journey doesn't have to stop there. This is the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. After overcoming my own 20 year battle of addiction to drugs and alcohol, I have now dedicated my life to empowering those in recovery to rewire their brain so they can change their story and enhance the recovery even further. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. And today we're basically starting the seven day podcast marathon that is going to transition us from the Road Beyond Recovery into the Your Sober Now What podcast. And I'm super pumped about this. And I guess I'm incredibly grateful for the guests that have come on the show that may not have necessarily overcome addiction, but they've overcome adversity. Because I think that, you know, when we start to normalize, you know, things and not hold that shame around it or suppress it, I think we can bring more awareness to it. We can bring more light and we can have more people sharing their own experience and not, you know isolating in the world and you know um unfortunately suffering from depression and anxiety that so many of us do when we're just trying to hide certain parts of ourselves and so I am incredibly grateful today for all the guests that have joined me on you know not only the road to health which is where I started um but also the road beyond recovery because there have been a lot of guests that have not suffered from addiction, but they've gone through other things and they have, you know, taken what they've gone through their experience and turned it into something so much better. So that is what I'm grateful for today. And today's guest is no different. So before we get into it, I just want to remind you of the Rise Beyond Recovery Virtual Summit. It's happening April 4th through April 8th. It's five days, 30 incredible speakers. It's free to attend, or you can get your VIP pass, which is only 25 bucks. $15 of every pass sold is donated to Touched by Addiction, and they help get people off the streets and into Teen Challenge, which is long-term recovery. So it's only 25 bucks. Please spread the word. You're going to get inspired by these speakers. They have amazing stories. And not only that, but they also have tips and strategies on how you can enhance your life and achieve long term recovery. So you can head on over to the website at www.risebeyondrecovery.ca and to get more information. On today's show, I am chatting with my friend Max Blanc. And we talk about his life growing up, where he calls it, he had suffered from a disease to please. And I think that this is so common, especially for those of us in recovery. And we don't often talk about that, right? And he shares how he used to wake up every morning with that pit of anxiety in his stomach. And, you know, because he wasn't living the life that he truly wanted, and I can relate, I've definitely been there. And we talk about how he was inspired to create the YouTube series, How I Changed My Life, which I am incredibly honored to be a guest on. And he just wants to showcase those people who have overcome trauma, adversity, addiction, and have created amazing lives for themselves, which I'm totally down with. So I am super grateful that I've gotten to know Max. He is also a freelance video editor. He became a entrepreneur recently because he really wanted to wake up every morning with a sense of purpose and he's real good at it. So I hope you enjoy this show. And welcome back, everybody. I'm excited today because I'm hanging out with my friend Max. How are you?
1: Hey, I'm doing very well. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it.
0: I'm so excited you're here. I mean, our good friend Marissa connected us and I love what you're doing. Uh, We'll talk about that as well. But uh, why don't for those of uh, my listeners that don't know who you are, why don't you introduce yourself and let us know what you do today?
1: Absolutely. So my full name is Maximilian Blanc, Max for short. Um, and I'm a freelance video editor and a freelance actor. Um, I always struggle sometimes with like being like, you know, what do I do? Because it's kind of like a, a hodgepodge of things. I'm interested in a lot of different things. Um, but professionally, video editing and acting. And I also dream of one day uh, starting my own production company where I create inspirational content to motivate people. Um, and so I'm kind of dipping my toe in that field right now. Because um, I'm creating this uh, YouTube series called How I Changed My Life. Um, and uh, it's sort of the aim is to share the stories of people who have made a drastic transformation in their life um, and a means to inspire other people. So that's kind of like the, the first piece of content for my upcoming production company that one day I will create <laughs> officially. Um, but yeah.
0: I, I love it. I love what you do. Your videos are very powerful. So we'll get into that more a little bit later, but you know, you went from working as a full-time video editor to now embarking on this new journey. So can you kind of share your story? You know, what led up to this moment and because you know, you're blending your passion for acting and entrepreneurship now.
1: Absolutely. No, for, for 100%. So, um, I, I started, uh, I graduated from college and I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to work in the entertainment business and I um, was kind of thinking of maybe writing and directing was kind of the way I was going to do that. Um, and I was introduced to this town agent who worked for this big town agency and I kind of uh, had an informational meeting with her. And she said, uh, well, look, if you don't really know exactly what you want to do, but you know you want to work in this business, I would highly recommend getting some experience on the business side of it first, Um, because even if you want to go into the creative side afterwards. Uh, It's always going to be great experience for you to kind of see what goes on behind the curtain, and so the idea of joining a town agency was kind of uh, terrifying to me. Simply because I had seen Entourage and I've heard stories, and I was like, "Oh my goodness! Like I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know if I'm built for this." Um, But I said, "You know what? Let me, let me give it a try." As of now, I'm unemployed, so let it out. Um, So I I joined uh, this. I I applied. I interviewed. I joined the mail room of this town agency. Um, and uh, you know, pretty fast, <laughs> I realized that it's probably not the best fit for me. I think they also realized it pretty fast. um But it was, I mean, looking back, it was a phenomenal. I spent a phenomenal time because uh, I really started training myself how to get out of my comfort zone and do things that uh, I kind of am scared to do. So it was kind of great training in that, and also helped me with like and discipline. They really, you know, it's, if you're looking for a place where they're going to, you're going to get some discipline, that's the place to go to. Um, but I kind of uh, transitioned out of there after a year and I got this opportunity to work for this production company and which was, then that was much closer to my interest because it was more on the creative side. Um, and so I, in college was working on like making my own short films and I was editing my own short films. And that editing skill is something that they, noticed and they decided to hire me as a video editor um you know very kind of uh i didn't have much experience i was very green but they were a small production production company and they were very patient they said we're going to teach you our style of editing and you're going to grow with us and we can see you really you know building yourself up in this business. Um, so they really taught me everything. Uh, so I owe all of my credit uh, to them and they were great. I mean, my, my two bosses were extremely kind, extremely patient. I would make really bad mistakes where like I feel like any other company would be like, okay, you're out of here. But they were so, uh, so kind to me. Um, and so I really felt comfortable there and I felt like I really grow. Um, but then something happened about two years into working there. Uh, and I didn't really anticipate it, um, but I kind of had this uh, quarter life crisis where I really went the job and it was something that I myself doing uh, long term, but something was missing. I just felt like I wasn't doing everything that I wanted to do. Um, not that they, they didn't help hold me back in any way. It was just this gut feeling. I didn't know what had caused it. Um, But I felt like there was more that I wanted to do with my life, and I didn't want to just work in the context of a company and you know uh, work for other people and make their dreams you know come true. I I felt like I wanted to do things for myself and kind of step into my own hands a little bit. Um, And I was also uh, uh, moonlighting as as an actor. I was doing some acting on the weekends, and I was taking some acting classes, and I also really enjoyed that. So I was like, I had this interest in acting. I had this interest in editing. Maybe there's a way I can kind of combine those, um, but I can't really do that in the context of this full-time company because I'm purely doing editing here, you know, so I, I, I wouldn't be living 100% truthfully to who I really was. Um, and it's a hard kind of uh, hump to get over um, because I had uh, never had an issue with, if I felt like I wasn't doing something that I wanted fully wanted to do. I never had an issue getting out of there. For instance, when I worked at a talent agency, I was able to leave there, you know, without really any qualms. I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do and I left. Um, but this time it was a little bit different because I really liked the company. I really liked the people. So I didn't have like an objective, like, oh my God, this is so hard. I hate this. Therefore I got to leave. It was more like I I have a feeling I need to explore, but I don't really know what I need to explore. So it's kind of scary. It's kind of this unknown gray area that I didn't know how to tackle. And so I turned to a lot of uh, online interviews uh, motivational videos for help. Um, like I, would, I remember like I would Google, Uh, you know, actors who became actors way later in life, you know, like who made a big career change, you know, because I was kind of scared of this idea of making a career change. Um, And uh, by the process of looking at those videos and getting inspired by those videos, I think that kind of planted the seed uh, for ultimately what became the How I Changed My Life podcast or not even podcast series right now, maybe podcast in the future. Um, But I think that was sort of like the initial impetus for that, um, but even once I had that idea, I mean, it took me probably like six, seven, eight months to really sit down with my bosses and have the conversation. I was putting it off. I was so scared of doing it, and it wasn't uh, it 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 wasn't a conversation that I wanted to have, and uh, I avoided it as long as I could until I felt like if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. So I kind of just forced myself to do it. Um, but to this day, it was the hardest thing I've had to do, to be perfectly honest. It was not fun. Um, it went as well as it could have gone, but, uh, it took me, it took me a long time.
0: Wow. And, you know, I think it's, especially for my listeners that getting out of your comfort zone, that's a tough thing, right? I mean, we often settle in life and I think that, you know, there's this perception, like society tells us, this is how life should be. This is what we should do. We should just be grateful when we have all this. But I think a lot of people have that feeling like, I feel like I'm meant for more. I feel like there's more out there. I just don't know how to get that. And yeah. so I have to ask, you know, before we we um, went live, we were talking about both of our fear of TikTok, right? Because TikTok is the new thing. Um, mm-hmm. But you're also an actor. And I mean, to me, you know, being an actor would mean getting out of my comfort zone, right? Because mm-hmm. you have to really dive into the person that you're playing. I mean, you hear about what all these actors do to get ready and prep for their role. And some of them will go, you know, like a year actually living the life of the person that they're, they're playing in, in a movie or something. So talk about getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, what is that like, what that world like?
1: Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm, remember i was watching this uh watching the joe rogan podcast back when i was saying that like i would listen to podcasts for motivation and he had this uh bodybuilder that he was interviewing i have no interest in bodybuilding but i for whatever reason clicked on this video um and the bodybuilder said something really interesting he said um you know the biggest thing for him in order to force himself to get out of his comfort zone is he always writes down what he wants to do he puts it down on paper because the act of putting it down on paper means you're kind of making a contract with yourself. You know, If you don't write it down, it's always kind of in your head, you can come up with an excuse for it and there's no actual record, real life proof that you told yourself you're gonna do this. So you can kind of just avoid it. Um, but when you write it down, it's like, okay, now you have two choices. Either when if you, know, you say, okay, I wanna accomplish this by this date. When that date comes and you look at the piece of paper, if you didn't do it, you let yourself down. And that's a much more difficult, uh, feeling than if you don't write it down where it's kind of this elusive thing that you never have like an actual record of it so when he told me that I'll, when he told me when he told joe rogan that and i'd heard that um i was like okay uh all right let me uh let me down that i'm gonna talk to my bosses about becoming a freelance video editor to pursue these other interests by august 1st this was in january of 2021. And so I literally wrote down, I I still have the piece of papers in my room, but I wrote down by August one, I'm having this conversation with my bosses. That's all I wrote. And I was like, okay, gives me a couple months (laughs) to kind of tackle this conversation. I don't have to think about it right now and do that. And so up until that point, I try to do something every day that made me a little bit uncomfortable, simple things. Um, I kind of Googled like uncomfortable daily habits that you can do to kind of develop mental toughness. And uh, one of the things was uh, taking a cold shower. Uh, If you can take a cold shower every morning, you you always have that feeling like you turn on the faucet and you have that kind of like flinch reaction, body doesn't wanna go in, but you force yourself to go in nonetheless it trains your mind to do things that you don't wanna do. And if you're able to do that consistently, then that kind of starts building the confidence that if you can do that, you can do other things as well. Um, So little incremental steps like that. So it started with the cold showers. Then I was like, okay, well, let me um, try meditating every day it's not something i had done ever and it was the, the idea of sitting quietly with my thoughts was terrifying because i have a very rapid uh brain very rapid monkey brain sometimes that just scatters all over the place and so the idea of just sitting still uh was overwhelming um but again doing that a little bit every day helped and so you know there wasn't like a magical moment where i was like okay now i feel great i can tackle all the world but it was like i've i'm consistently training my mind to get out of my comfort zone so I can, I can take on this next thing. Uh, so then, you know, when it came time to have that conversation and go from security of a full time job to the complete unknown of the freelance world, um, you know, I was able to, in that morning, I told myself, okay, I've done, I've trained myself to do uncomfortable things for these past six, seven months if I don't do this, I'll be letting myself down. And if I do do it, it's going to be over in like, you know, the next couple hours, and my life is going to change. And I can do this because I've done these other things. So it's kind of just building up that confidence a little bit, you know, I still didn't walk in there like the Fonz. I mean, I still had, you know, a lot of nerves. And I was very shaken. Even when I told them this conversation, I remember I had my hand, I I went up to like, my hand through my hair and my hand was shaking and I was like oh my god they can tell that I'm nervous right now um but you know so it's just kind of every day doing little things to get yourself out of your comfort zone I also try to exercise first thing in the morning something that I sometimes uh am very resistant to but I'll still do it and force myself to do it um and I it's weird I kind of almost developed this uh this passion for uh trying things that are unpleasant um because you know i think that's really the way that you can grow um by kind of constantly pushing yourself out of your comfort zone uh i heard this um this speaker called david goggins was also like a really brilliant endurance uh runner um and he said it, it's the process of callousing the mind you know just building these calluses on your mind that nothing else really phases you um so the process of course uh, i still took a cold shower this morning and still trying to constantly push myself um but you know it's uh it, it, it never stops to be scary but it doesn't mean that you can't do it you can always do it despite the fear there's the, another uh great interview in the joe rogan podcast i forgot who was being interviewed but they said that um you know mike tyson would throw up before every fight consistently um, it's not that he wasn't scared; he was scared. But the difference between the coward and the one who has courage is that the one who has courage will act despite the fear, whereas the coward will kind of, you know, succumb to that. Um, and to say that you, you know, have to become Mike Tyson, but um, there are small things that you can always do every day to kind of just train yourself to go against the grain of what. I think that's how you grow in the long run. It kind of has a compounding effect. Um, but it, you know even when I left my job, I had this moment where, you know, there's that like expectation versus reality where I expected that once I left my job to kind of feel this weight lifted, kind of feel like, Hey, all right, you know, I did it. You know, I, 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 am pursuing my dream. You know, let's uh, I'm proud of myself. I feel good. The opposite happened. I left my job and I got home and I was like, uh, what have I done? <laughs> you know? And uh, it's weird. I had for a couple of days and it, you know, Still kind of fresh. It still kind of goes on for a couple of days. Like th- everything looked uh, bleak, you know. Um, like I, I, I love. I live in LA, and I love Burbank because it's kind of like old Hollywood. It's got all the film studios there. So whenever I feel a bit down or a bit unmotivated, I'll go there um, and uh, I'll, I'll kind of feel more inspired. And so I went there, but all of a sudden, this place that I used to love looked very uninviting. Um, because I now have put myself in a situation where I've given up security to pursue this dream. And I have this pressure of like, okay, now I have to make it happen. Um, and so everything looked scary and different, but, you know, as the days go on, it starts looking more and more normal, you know? So that's another example of like, it'll always be scary, but it it will get better. The more you kind of expose yourself to it. Does that make sense?
0: Totally makes sense. And I couldn't agree more because I remember, you know, when I decided to give my notice, which was, Mm -hmm. you know, March of 20, what year are we in 2021 as we record this? (laughs) And and I think we talked for the first time shortly after that. But Mm -hmm. I just remember thinking, oh, I'm so excited. I'm so happy. But that those first couple months were difficult because now it's like, okay, I don't have a steady income. I'm Mm -hmm. you know, I've I've got to make sure I pay my rent. I actually ended up moving out, getting my my own place for the first time in my life at the age of 45. And so everything had changed. But I think that, like you said, Mm -hmm. and I think this is the point that I want those listening to understand, is that there comes a a time when you start to do more and more what makes you uncomfortable and you almost become addicted to that. You almost become Mm -hmm. comfortable to living outside of your comfort zone constantly. Like for a while there, I used to tell people, I feel like I'm riding this wave of discomfort every single day when I wake up and I'm like, okay, you know, I got to do what I love. It's always for me, it's purpose um, before profit. And I know that eventually it's just going to work out because I feel like I'm meant to do this and I'm meant to be here. I just have to have faith that things are going to work out and I just have to continue to push forward. But it does, it gets to a point where you're like, oh, I can't wait to see what today brings. And, you know, one of the things I know that you mentioned is that, uh, and I think a lot of people, that's why I want to talk about it, a lot of people in recovery can really relate to is the people-pleasing. So there was a time in your life when I think you call it the disease to please, and you would wake up every morning with anxiety, right? You weren't living that life. What was that like? Because I think people-pleasing – is something that a lot of us suffer from. I mean, we always, we want to make other people happy. We want to, you know, be loved and all that. What was that experience like for you?
1: Yeah, that was a, a very difficult um, thing to get over. and I'm still not fully over it, but um, sort of when I was talking about, you know, that hump that I kind of encountered where I realized, huh, I think there might be more that I want to do, but I'm kind of scared. A big part of that fear was I was worried about what people would think. Um, you know, I come from a loving family, but, uh, you know, it's a very traditional family, um, where, you know, my parents very much believe in, um, you know, you just got to do, uh, you don't enjoy what you do. You got to do whatever you have to do to be stable and secure and, and and steady. And, uh, they, and it's completely rational. I mean, they want the best for me. And in their mind, the best for me is to have a comfortable life. Um, they wouldn't want anything more, but you know, when I start thinking, oh, maybe I want to leave my full-time position and pursue this freelance career, I knew that it would make them very uncomfortable, and I knew that they were um, not going to be happy with that decision, and that really affected me because uh, you know, you want nothing more but to make people proud of you, um, but that can be very dangerous. Other people for you is not what you for yourself and so this vision that my parents had for me this kind of like comfortable life even though ultimately i I would love to have a comfortable life i need to do certain uncomfortable and unsteady things in order to get there because i know that my definition of living in comfort is one where i'm living uh in i'm at peace with who i am and i'm living according to my values and so if even if i have like the you know most financially steady job in the world, but it's not really what my heart wants. I'm never going to be happy. And that's way more intolerable to me than, you know, some financial insecurity. Um, and and they couldn't sort of see that. They're like, yeah, well, if you're unhappy, and my dad always says, you know, job is a three letter word. It's not meant to be funny. We're all unhappy. But then, you know, you make the money, and then you can enjoy your time off. And I'm like, yeah, but like, I, I don't want to just live for the time off. I want to live and be excited every day about what I'm doing. So when I was waking up with that anxiety every day, I would wake up with this something because I would know a I'm not living life according to my, uh, fully according fully to who I am. And I know that in order to get there, I'm going to have to disappoint people and people very close to me, like my parents. Um, And, uh, you know, I was also worried about disappointing my bosses, you know, because they took me on. I was the first full time hire. Uh, As I said, they were great bosses, better than I could have imagined. They've done a lot for me. And so I kind of felt this uh, indentment where I was like, oh, I can't leave them. You know, like if I leave, you know, leave them high and dry. And that's, you know, not cool for them. So I was it really held me back. And, you know, if I didn't have that fear, if I didn't have the fear of, what anybody else thought trust me (laughs) i would have just like been like hey you know i want to do this i'm going to go do this you know it wouldn't have affected me but because i had that fear of disappointing people it created this internal struggle where i was like okay well hey maybe you know the meaning of life is making other people happy and in which case then i don't need to be happy and maybe that's okay so i went through that phase where i was like all right well Let me just keep doing this job. You know, my parents are happy. They're proud of me. Maybe that's what it's all about. Um, But the more that would go on, the stronger that little voice would get and the more painful that gut feeling would become. Um, You know, uh, Steven Spielberg had a great uh, speech. He did a commencement speech where he said, you know, you always have the voice. Here's what you should do. And it's a very loud voice in your head. It talks all the time but then there's a little whisper that says here's what you could do and always always listen for that whisper because that's that's what you have to do and it's really hard to listen to it because trust me the should do voice screams at you <laughs> uh but then the here's hey man you know here's 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 your here's your passion this is this is what you're meant to be doing that's very quiet and turning that dial up is the is really hard thing especially if you're a people pleaser because here's what you should do is what other people want you to do
0: um Mm -hmm.
1: so you know it's it was a very difficult hump to get over and if i didn't have that fear i would have pursued my freelance career way earlier nothing against the company as i said it's just purely it wasn't what i wanted to do full-time and uh you know I, i i didn't it took me a while but i ultimately here's the other thing too is knowing that once you make that decision and you disappoint other people, that disappointment is, is temporary, right? Like you'll disappoint other people and they'll be like, Oh man, fine, go do your thing. They're going to be disappointed for a little bit and that's fine. That's just maybe their ego or whatever. They're like, Oh, this person didn't listen to me. Therefore that's like Mm -hmm. their ego being hurt. Um, But in the long term, they're going to totally come around. If they're, good people and if they're people that you're supposed to have in your life they're going to see that you're happier now and that's what's going to matter so on the other end lies only only positivity where you're happy and then they have come around they see how happy you are and that's what matters to them uh in the short term yes you'll disappoint them but hey it's better to disappoint people in the short term than forever disappointing yourself right so
0: oh and that is a big deal i mean one of the things that i teach people actually is how to turn up that that voice in your head that mm-hmm. is telling you you're capable of so much more and turning down those you know getting rid of those limiting beliefs adjusting your mindset mm-hmm. i love that kind of stuff but um, you know it it is true we make decisions to change and there's not a lot of people who are going to like it sometimes right and like you said the people who are meant to be in your life will stick around and i feel like i've been so fortunate with the people that i have and and the people who don't agree with what i'm doing they've kind of fallen to the wayside but you know even my my fiance he in the beginning when i said i'm i'm going to leave my job like i just i have to pursue this i'm burning out which is what we'll get into next but mm-hmm. i'm i'm burning out and i just don't want to do it anymore i feel like my heart needs to be in helping people in recovery find their purpose and create a life so good for themselves they never want to go back to their old way of living and he was even like oh, i don't think it's a good idea you've been there for 12 years, what are you doing? And it was his own insecurities, right, that caused that. But I think that, you know, every day I wake up with that purpose. And now he's, you know, always saying, no matter how hard it gets, you're going to do it. Like I can tell you're going to do it. Right. And so he has shifted. But initially, of course, I think with people around us, it's how are our changes? going to affect their lives right it usually has nothing to do about us it always is well are they going to be different are they going to change are they going to come to me for money so it is important to take that step especially if you feel like that's your purpose and that's what you want in life so you have um the reason i i talk about the burnout part is because you have some productivity hacks because i remember when I actually became first an entrepreneur, well, actually, while I was still working my corporate job and doing my side hustle at the same time, I did too much. I wrote a couple books in that time, like burn out. I'm the kind of person who goes like running full blast, hits (laughs) a wall, falls back, gets up, brushes myself off and continues to go. Right. And I'm, I'm learning. But do you have some productivity hacks?
1: yeah absolutely and it's and it's uh you know kind of a an ongoing theme in my life i feel like i'm always a work in progress right uh where like you know i'm by no means like the most productive person in the world um but because i still kind of encounter some sort of you know self-doubt or limiting beliefs that kind of hold me back sometimes um but sort of the biggest thing for me if buddy kind of struggling or feeling like they're not being productive or kind of um you know struggling with getting something started um it sort of kind of goes back to what i was saying with always uh experiencing discomfort um it's just you know start somewhere and know that it's not going to be perfect i think that's the biggest thing that held that can hold me back sometimes is i want a project to be perfect when i start it and if it's not perfect then i'm like oh forget it you know i'm useless i should never should have done this (laughs) i just give up and i'm like when that's not Uh, that's going to be completely, uh, that's going to be a huge hindrance to productivity. Um, because nothing, when you start is ever going to be perfect. It's just, you have to start somewhere so you can get from A to B. It's kind of like, you know, when you're, uh, I don't, I don't sculpt, but I can imagine (laughs) when you're kind of sculpting, you kind of just start, you know, with a whole bunch of clay and you kind of start building it. And then once you kind of have a structure, then you can kind of start cutting away and and, and molding it. Um, but you can't create anything if you don't have any kind of a structure. So it's just sort of getting started is, is the first thing. Um, and the way to get started is to try to become uncomfortable, become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, you know, it's always whether you want to be a writer, whatever you want to do, you know, doing that very first thing is always the hardest thing. Um, but once you do it, um, you know, It has this compounding effect of if you do one thing every day, just one thing every day towards whatever your goal is, ultimately you will get there. It's kind of like this analogy of, you know, if you want to build a wall, you don't start, all right, I'm going to build this wall. It's going to be the best wall anyone's ever built. You're going to be like, I'm going to lay this brick. And this is the, going to be the best brick that anyone's laid. I'm just going to lay it the better as I can. And then ultimately, day after day week after week month after month you will have a wall and it you know it takes time anything you know worth doing does not have quick results you know it always is a slow process it's kind of like you know i heard this uh another speaker les brown he said you know the the, the saying goes easy come easy go right if it comes easily it can leave just as easily so anything that's worthwhile and sustainable takes a long time that's why i'm really fascinated by the youtube space where you know the number one advice that any uh successful youtuber always has is consistency you know if you just put out a video once a week once every two weeks whatever your schedule is if you stick to that schedule ultimately it will reward you in the end because you will have you know you will no matter what as the The more time goes the more videos you will have done if you stop after five videos because you're not getting the results that you want well then guess what in six months you're gonna have five videos and nothing's gonna grow whereas if you're like you know even if this video sucks i'm gonna post it <laughs> and then next week i'll try to do better well then guess what you know after you know a year you have 52 videos whatever that is and so you know that's a big database of content that by doing that work, you are also improving.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you know,
1: never by the idea of everything has to be perfect. You just have to be consistent. It's better to be consistently <laughs> crap <laughs> than perfect once every five years, right? Like, you know, because no, even if you are consistently doing something that's oh, I'm sorry, even if you are consistently doing something that's not as good as you would want it to be ultimately just by doing those uh those efforts consistently you will get better so it's kind of going to reward itself um so you know just try to get over the idea that it's going to have you perfect it's not going to be perfect and that's fine be okay with that and just keep going and the more you keep going the 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 more the more productive you will feel and uh the more things are going to work out and that's also another thing like i went through this long phase of um trying things and then quitting because uh it didn't get the results that i wanted i remember you know like during the pandemic especially Like, all right i'm gonna create youtube content that's what i'm gonna do i didn't know what i wanted to create i didn't have a particular vision I just started creating things that, you know, I was like, oh, this seems fun. So I created like a short animated series that I was doing. And then that got really labor intensive and nobody was watching them. I said, yeah, screw it. You know, it's not worth it. And I stopped doing that. Then I tried to do like an interview series where I would just interview people. But there wasn't much structure. I didn't know what I was really interviewing people about. I was just interviewing creative people. And, uh, you know, after I think three or four, I was like, got burned out and I stopped doing it. And I look back now and I'm like, well, if I keep doing those animations, if i doing those interviews, now I would have, you know, 60 animations and that would look a hell of a lot cooler than four on a dead channel, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so no matter what, if you stick to it, you know, people will see that you're dedicated and that will kind of work out for you in the long term. Because if someone just sees somebody who works hard, no matter what, that says a lot of person and great things happen to that person, I believe.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, the perfectionism thing, one of my mentors always told me that you're good is someone else's great. And I always remember that, right? Because um, there I think it was um I can't remember the actor that put out the quote, but it was something about like there's never a good time to start, like you're always gonna think that you know the dieting industry, oh, I'll start on Monday, I'll start on January first. It's like why not start right now? like if you have an idea, start to entertain it today, so you know what um it what inspired you to start the how I change my life YouTube series
1: absolutely so. It, there wasn't like one specific thing It was kind of like a a series of events um as i said before the seed kind of got planted when i was in this phase of like you know i know there's something more that i want to do but i'm scared i don't really know how to go about it and i was kind of getting bogged down by this idea it's a completely false idea but i know a lot of my friends have it that like once you reach like 25 you have to know what you're doing and stick to that and you can't really have a change you know and that's the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard um but i believed that i i it was getting to me and i would like compare myself to other people and see what they had achieved by my age i mean heck the beatles were broken up by 26 i mean if you you know start kind of looking what other people are doing i mean that's just going to completely uh destroy your self-esteem but that's where it was for me i was constantly comparing myself to other people constantly feeling okay, well. You know, everybody else had achieved success by 24. So, what's the point? I have to just kind of, you know, keep doing what I'm doing, I guess. Um, But I would try to out, I would literally try to find inspirational stories of people who have made a life change. Like, I would love the stories of, you know, the 60 year old banker who was like, you know what, this isn't for me and left and and started a, a food business, you know, whatever it is. Like, I would love those kinds of stories. And they always made me feel. Happy and they they filled me with hope. I just felt like okay, if this person can achieve this later on in life, uh you know anybody can. And so uh you know, like the, the famous example of like uh, the person who created KFC. I mean, I think he was in like sixty-five or something before he started the the food chain. And so it's like, hey, you know, if he had that limiting belief of like ah, it's too late for me, we'd have no KFC and life wouldn't be as fun. Um, but you know there's that idea of you can always make a change in your life no matter what you're going through, which is why I love your podcast. I mean, that's really the whole nugget of it is, you know, no matter what you've gone through, you can change your life around and you can do it and you have, you build this great community of people doing just that. Um, And so I just kind of wanted to find those people that had those stories of like my life was going in one direction. Then I decided, no more. And here's what I'm going to do. And they did that because that takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of courage. And it's something that a lot of people, I think at the end of their life and go, I wish I had done this. And the people who actually do do it, no matter what, no matter what they're facing, whether it's financial insecurity, whether it's, you know, an age fear, whatever it may be, doing it uh, is the best thing that they've ever done for themselves. And I love hearing those stories. So I kind of just wanted to uh, share stories like that. And uh, so I came up with this, how I changed my life idea for right now. It's a YouTube series. Um, I would love to expand it and have it become a podcast where we can have long form conversations like these. um, Because I think ultimately that's how you can really uh, learn about, learn, learn about, uh, you know, what it takes, really listen to how these people went through what they went through and how they made those decisions. But right now I'm doing quick sort of 10 minute, uh, story portraits, um, where, you know, I have people submit stories to me, they submit an audio recording of detailing their story, talking where they were, what made them want to change and then how they changed. And I kind of edit in, um, you know, stock imagery, stock footage, I kind of edit it together to kind of create a as visually entertaining piece as I can. Um, but, you know, I have more ideas for it, and I think ultimately a podcast might be where uh, this kind of kind of thing may be able to really shine um, because it's funny, you know. Talk when we we're talking before about like you know burnout and, and feeling like you need to quit. You know, even with this series now, even though I'm super passionate about it, I know this is what I want to do. I haven't been as consistent with posting as I would have wanted to. Uh, A because of you know time commitments or whatever it may be, and edit, editing these specific videos can be very labor intensive but also like I'll look, I'll get bogged down by like looking at like YouTube analytics and being like, okay, well people, it's a 10 minute video. People stop watching at minute two. All right, I I need to change something. So I've kind of taken a couple weeks off to to reevaluate how I'm approaching these little pieces and trying to find a way to engage the audience in a way that may be more efficient because I don't want to do something um, in the wrong way, necessarily. I, I want to make sure, and there's no wrong way, of course, but I want to make sure that I am um, creating content in a way that viewers want to receive it. Um, because, you know, I, I think these stories really wor- are worth um, people listening to. And uh, if I'm doing something that's inhibiting um, the exposure of those stories, then I want to correct that. And so I don't know if maybe podcasting would be better or if, uh, you know, shorter videos would be better. I'm still kind of experimenting. Um, but that's kind of where the idea is going to be an ongoing. Uh, right now, I'm very much still in the research phase where I'm just experimenting and trying new things. And every video feels a little bit different because I haven't quite nailed down what the style is really yet. I just know I love this idea. And it's one that I, uh, I'm i going to keep uh keep pushing along until uh, until I feel like I've hit my stride with it and really found my voice with it. But it's very experimental right now, but that's the idea.
0: And I think that's what makes it fun. You know, I I'm in the same thing. I didn't, I had no idea really how to run a business when I started off and I just kind of one foot in front of the other and it's like, okay, I'll try this. If that doesn't work, I know what not to do. And it is a lot of fun, right? I mean, I'm just starting to get onto YouTube now and, I'm like, okay, how do we do the SEO stuff and and how do we do that? And it's all, I think it's so, you know, I just revamped my website. It should have been done a long time ago, but <laughs> I think this whole journey and getting to do, and that's why I wanted you on the show is because, you know, you showcase people who have done amazing things. And that's what I try to get out on this show is that just because you've gone through addiction and or adversity does not mean you're not capable of this, creating this crazy, awesome life, you know, because I believe that our experience can be the key that is can, you know, lead us to discovering our purpose and changing the lives of others. I mean, we have so much to give. So I appreciate everything you do. Now, you do video editing as well. You're updating your website, which we talked about. So can you talk a bit about that and how people can reach you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So as I said, you know, I'm I'm video editor by trade. I'm also uh, a an an actor, but uh, I would say I love what I love about video editing is that I can not only tell my own stories, but help tell uh, the stories of others as efficiently as possible. And uh, I kind of specialize in like short form video editing. Um, So, you know, if anybody honestly out there, if anybody needs any video editing of any kind, uh, you can find me. My website is uh, www.maximilianblanc.com. Um, You can also find me on Instagram, which is at Max Blanc, B-L-A-N-C. So that'd be the best way to get in touch. And I just love collaborating with people. It helps me inspired. Um, I think everybody has a a story to tell. So I completely agree with what you're saying. Like, I think anyone who goes through any kind of adversity, that's in a weird way the gift that you're going to be able to kind of look inward and use that experience to help other people going through the same thing. Because let me tell you, when I was you know struggling with people pleasing and feeling like i felt a little bit stuck not knowing how i can get out of my little rut and change my own life what saved me was listening to the stories of other people and that inspired me and i was like if they can do it i can do it um so you know i i would love uh I, I just love listening to people's stories i would love collaborating in any way possible so uh yeah website and instagram probably the best way best way to find me right now um and then if you want to find yeah, my YouTube series so far, it's still under my personal name. So Maximilian Blanc, um, you type that in on YouTube and it'll pop up. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just one, it's one of my uh, playlists that I have on my channel. I have, uh, I think I have six episodes right now. I have three coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, and, uh, you know, more to come
0: after that. So I'm
1: excited. That's, a-
0: that's amazing. So if you have a story to share, make sure you reach out to Max and, if you know you need somebody an actor, he's got some great new headshots. I saw those, and they're pretty <laughs> good.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I very much appreciate that, and thank you for for the support with those. I mean, acting is also a new a new experience for me and a new new field. Um, but I'm, I'm super excited about it. Uh, you know, my whole it's funny what I was saying before, struggling to find a way to label myself. I had this moment where I was in bed, and I kind of just like sat up and I was like, actorpreneur. that's gonna be my uh my label and I, and I thought i coined the term and i was like super proud of myself I was like i invented a word then i looked it up and it's actually it's a real thing i think it's a whole book written about it but the idea is how actors are all entrepreneurs because you're in charge of your own business but i'm kind of using it in the sense of like i'm an actor a video editor i try to create content so' I'm trying trying to do all of it um, but, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I would just love to hear from anybody who either has a story to tell, or if there's anything I can do to help you share your story, please reach out. Um, you know, this is what I love to do. So I'll be doing it forever.
0: Amazing. Thank you so uh, so much, Max, for taking the time and, you know, sharing your story and what you do. Cause I think you're going to help a lot of people by instilling that hope in others to change their lives too.
1: Oh, that's so kind of you. That's very sweet. And, Thank you for all of uh, your encouragement over the time, and thank you for having me on the show. Um, hey, it's, it's been a blast for me, and I and I also I love love your podcast, and um and it's just you know it's a constant source of inspiration for a ton of people, and I'm definitely one of them. So, um I thank you for everything that you do.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode, and remember, we are doing this seven days this week, a podcast marathon because I want to end the road beyond recovery off on episode 199. And on Monday, April 4th, we kick off the You're Sober Now What podcast, which I'm super pumped about. And I hope you enjoy the rest of this week. I have had the privilege to walk alongside of many people who have built their foundation and further enhanced their recovery. But unfortunately, there are still so many people who are still suffering that need our help. The Road Beyond Recovery podcast is a proud sponsor of Touched by Addiction. Addiction thrives in isolation and darkness. Darkness cannot exist in the presence of light. So if you or someone you know has been affected by addiction, there is help. At Touched by Addiction, we are dedicated to exposing addiction and ending the plague. Be that beacon of hope and light that so many desperately need. Each t-shirt or sweater you buy helps to get a struggling addict off the streets and into a year-long addiction treatment program. If you want to support the movement, go to www.touchedbyaddiction.com.